Welcome to another powerful teaching from Exodus Global. As a ministry, we are committed to inspiring a generation to develop a closer work with God. We urge that you pay attention to all that will be taught and see to it that you apply them. Let's dive right into the word. Glory to Jesus. I want to welcome you to this episode of Strength Devotional. And in this episode, we're going to be looking at the gospel. All right. Believe me, this is one episode that you definitely want to plug in and follow all through every part of this teaching as it's going to do you a lot of good and it's going to strengthen your Christian convictions much better. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for another precious opportunity to learn of your ways even through your word. I ask, O God, that by the breath of your spirit, you will quicken us understanding of the scriptures and that you will impart upon us the grace to not just be hearers of your word, but also doers of the same. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. So just a quick call to action. I want to encourage you to please go ahead and share the link of this teaching with somebody who is going to be blessed by the things that are going to be taught in this teaching. All right. So just go ahead and share the link with them. Glory to God. So like I said, we are looking at the gospel. Now, Paul, the apostle writes in Romans chapter one and verse 16, and he says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Now, this verse in itself is so powerful, but you see, let's not get ahead of ourselves and let's just build steadily one step after the other. So if we look at this verse in Romans chapter 1 verse 6, Paul the Apostle says that the gospel of Christ is the power of God unto salvation. Now, what does that statement mean? I believe that one of the things that Paul the Apostle is trying to communicate to us through this verse is that the gospel in itself carries the power to bring men unto salvation. All right, because the gospel is not just isolated. Paul says, the gospel of Christ is the power of God unto salvation. So the gospel is not just standing at as, as an entity in itself, all right, but it is the gospel of Christ. So the gospel of Christ carries the power to bring men unto salvation. You know, this that I just said can be corroborated if you go to John chapter 1 and verse 12. And the Bible says in John chapter 1 and verse 12 that, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. So this is so powerful. The Bible says that as many that receive the Lord Jesus, all right, that to them is power given. Now, the word power here speaks of a right that is bequeathed to those that receive the Lord Jesus. That this right is what makes them, what justifies them to become children of God, to become sons of God. Do you see that now? So when the Bible is saying in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16 that the gospel of Christ is the power of God unto salvation, one of the things that can be primarily established in our hearts from this verse is that the gospel of Christ bequeaths to any man, all right, that believes this message, all right, the gospel of Christ bequeaths to such a man the right to become a child of God, all right? The gospel in itself carries the power to bring men unto salvation. So the gospel is such a powerful tool. The gospel is such a powerful message. In fact, if we look at the etymology of the word gospel, we will get to find out that the word gospel comes from the Greek word euangelion. Now, this word euangelion is a compound Greek word. So what this means is that the word euangelion comprises of two words in the Greek, which are you, which is spelled as eu, all right, which means good and angelia which means message news or report 
So you see now why many old time saints would refer to the gospel as a good message or as the good news, right? Or as a good report because the etymology, right? Or the root meaning of the word gospel just means good message. But now we can learn from the writings of Paul the Apostle in Romans chapter 1 verse 60, which I used to begin the teaching. The gospel as revealed in the scripture is not just, is not just a good message about nature or some mythological concept somewhere rather the bible calls it the gospel of christ and that the gospel of christ is the power of god unto salvation you know that the gospel itself carries the power through which men can come unto salvation this is so powerful glory be to god now there are some facts i want to establish as a means of introduction you know as we look at the subject the gospel now the first point i want to establish is that good comes from god because god is a good god now somebody's already wondering why am i saying this all right remember we said that the word gospel means good message so one of the first things i want us to understand and i want to be established in our hearts is that good comes from god because god is a good god in fact the bible says in james chapter 1 verse 17 that every good and perfect gift comes from god so this is already trying to point to us that God is the very origin of good. God is the very origin of good. So if we're saying that the gospel means a good message, means the good message, all right, good reports, good news of Christ, then we must understand that the gospel finds its very origin in God. And this first point leads me to the second point I want to show us, which is that According to the Bible, the first person who preached the gospel was not man. God was the first person who actually preached the gospel. If you go to Genesis chapter 3 from verse 14 to verse 15, the Bible talks about how that after the fall of man, God began to judge Satan. God began to judge the serpent. And the Bible records, especially in verse 15 of Genesis chapter 3, how that God said he was going to put enmity between the serpent and the woman and between the seed of the serpent and the seed of the woman. And that the seed of the woman shall bruise the head of the serpent and that, you know, the serpent will bruise the heel of the seed of the woman. So, Many theologians argue from this verse, Genesis chapter 3 verse 15, that although this verse might not have explicitly talked about Jesus Christ in a strict sense, but it's also safe to interpret that the ultimate seed, remember God said that he will put enmity between the seed of the serpent and the seed of the woman. So some theologians have argued that, you know, it, it's safe to interpret that the ultimate seed being spoken about in this verse, where it says the seed of the woman, all right, was actually the first promise of the Redeemer, you know, that God was already talking about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, that Jesus was going to come, you know, like John reveals to us in his writings, that for this purpose was the Son of God made manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil so that Jesus was going to come and then was going to destroy, you know, the works of the enemy. So we could see already even from Genesis chapter 3 verse 15 that God already made a provision for the redemption of man, even in him judging the serpent. Glory be to God. And then the picture of, you know, the bruising of the eel of the seed of the woman by the serpent already shows to us um, a picture of the crucifixion of christ all right 
and then the bruising of the head of the serpent shows to us the picture of the final judgment of satan so the first person to actually preach the gospel was god himself and you see this point is so 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 important it is so so important i'm going to show you this as we dive in further just flow with me as i'm going to show you you know much deeper things as we just dive in together glory to god now still on this second point that god was actually the first person who preached the gospel we see paul the apostle arguing again in galatians chapter 3 when we read from verse 6 to verse 16 and we're just going to pick a few verses in between verse 6 to verse 16 of galatians chapter 3 so let's go to verse 6 of galatians 3 galatians 3 and verse 6 the bible says even as abraham believed god and it was accounted to him for righteousness now if we go to verse 7 the bible says know ye therefore that they which are of faith the same are the children of abraham now verse 8 of galatians chapter 3 the bible says and the scripture foreseeing that god would justify the even through faith all right so what that means is that those that were not jews all right god was going to bring justification to all men by faith so back to galatians 3 and verse 8 paul the apostle was trying to say to us that god foresaw that he was going to justify all men you know through faith now look at the next thing he says here which is so powerful the bible says god you know having foresaw this reality the bible says god preached the gospel unto abraham saying in thee shall all nations be blessed this is the promise right this is the promise you know that god gave to abraham you know what looked like a promise in the book of genesis paul the apostle shows it to us in the book of galatians that actually it was god preaching the gospel to abraham so god was the first person to preach the gospel and there is a whole lot we could say about you know this promise and you know the intricacies of this i'm going to dive into that in some latter part of this teaching but i just want us to really understand this that god was the first person to preach the gospel god preached the gospel so it was not just that you know the preaching of the gospel started with man no the preaching of the gospel started with god glory to god and still in galatians chapter 3 if we go to verse 16 you know that just settles the old case for us in galatians chapter 3 and verse 16 the bible says now to abraham and his seed were the promises made now what was the promise all right that in you shall all the nations of the earth be blessed and Paul shows us that that was the gospel being preached to Abraham. Now, if we continue our reading of Galatians 3 and verse 16, it says, He said not to seeds, all right, as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed, which is Christ. So, if you remember the book of Genesis, God made the promise to Abraham and his seed. That's what Paul is trying to show us here. That God never said, you know, to you and your seeds. No, God said, to you and your seed so paul is showing to us in galatians 3 and verse 16 that in god preaching the gospel to abraham all right the promise was made about the seed then paul shows to us in galatians 3 and verse 16 that this seed is christ do you see that now that this seed is christ so we see again that god was the first person to preach the gospel and that god himself preached the gospel this is so powerful for god to preach the gospel then it means the gospel is a big deal do you see that now then coming even to the earthly ministry of jesus we see how that jesus all through his earthly ministry preached the gospel from the beginning 
beginning of his ministry even till the very end of his ministry let's begin to look at a few scriptures on this if we go to matthew chapter 4 and verse 23 matthew chapter 4 and verse 23 the bible says and jesus went about all galilee teaching in all the synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people so the bible shows us that jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom mind you somebody could already be wondering okay so what is the gospel of the kingdom what is the gospel of salvation what is the gospel of christ do they all mean the same thing and the answer to that question is yes based on the foundational understanding they all mean the same thing all right however context might give meaning to the applications right when we talk about the gospel of christ the gospel of salvation the gospel of the kingdom context might give meaning to the applications but you know on a foundational basis they all mean the same thing because jesus is the way to the father you can't come into the kingdom without christ so in hearing the gospel of christ to a large extent you've heard the gospel of salvation because remember i read in romans chapter 1 verse 16 that the gospel of christ is the power of god unto salvation so the gospel of christ is the gospel of salvation all right and then in receiving the gospel and believing the gospel of christ which is also the gospel of salvation we get entrance into the kingdom so in fact one of the major contents of the gospel itself is that it depicts to us that there is a kingdom that we can come into there is a kingdom it depicts to us that there is a kingdom that god wants to take all men into do you see that now so on a foundational basis the gospel of christ the gospel of salvation the gospel of the kingdom essentially mean the same thing so back to our reading in matthew chapter 4 verse 23 the bible says jesus preached the gospel and from our previous readings all right from genesis chapter 3 and verse 15 and then galatians chapter 3 from verse 6 to verse 16 we see how the godhead himself preached the gospel and also in the earthly ministry of jesus all right who was god now in flesh jesus also preached the gospel god in flesh preached the gospel some other scriptures to just help us you know lay more emphasis on this if we look at matthew chapter 9 verse 35 the bible says and jesus went about all the cities teaching in all the synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom do you see so jesus taught the gospel jesus preached the gospel in mark chapter 1 and verse 14 the bible talks about that now after john was put in prison jesus came into galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of god this is so powerful that jesus steps into a new town and the first point of call for him is to preach the gospel it means the gospel is such a big deal to god it means the gospel is such an important message oh glory to god yeah because in the gospel carries the ability for men to be able to move from death unto life from eternal damnation unto eternal security with the lord jesus yeah the gospel presents to man eternal life in christ jesus glory be to god so the gospel is such a big deal because if god himself preached the gospel if jesus preached the gospel then it means the gospel is such an important message glory be to god if we go to luke chapter 20 and verse 1 the bible says and it came to pass that on one of those days as jesus taught people in the temple the bible says and he preached the gospel do you see so jesus preached the gospel jesus preached the gospel jesus taught the gospel and then 
also Jesus lived the gospel because you have to understand this. Not only did Jesus preach or teach the gospel, Jesus also lived the gospel. We see this in Acts chapter 10 and verse 38, where the Bible says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power, who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. The major part of this verse that I want to point out to us is the part where the Bible says that Jesus went about doing good. Remember, the root meaning of the word gospel is good message. So Jesus not only preached this good message of the kingdom, this good message of salvation, or, you know, even the good message about himself, all right, the gospel of Christ. Jesus did not only just preach or teach the gospel alone. Jesus did the gospel, if I can put it like that. Because the Bible says he went about doing good. So it means Jesus lived the gospel. He lived the gospel. And how do I know this? In the writings of Dr. Luke in Acts chapter 1 and verse 1, the Bible records that Dr. Luke starts to build his case in writing the book of Acts. And he starts by saying in Acts chapter 1 and verse 1, that the former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all Jesus began to do and teach. So not only did Jesus teach or preach the gospel, all right, Jesus did the gospel, if I could put it like that. Literal terms, what I'm saying is that Jesus practiced the gospel. Jesus lived the gospel. Do you see that now? Because the message is of himself. It is the gospel of Christ. So Jesus lived the gospel. Jesus lived the gospel. Glory be to God. Another scripture that might interest you, you know, on the subject that Jesus actually preached the gospel. If you go to Luke chapter 4, and some of us are familiar with this story where Jesus comes into the temple on the Sabbath day as his usual custom was, and he begins to read from his scrolls about himself as he reads from Isaiah chapter 61. So let's begin to look at the content of what he begins to say. If we go to verse 18 there about of Luke chapter 4, you know, Jesus says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel. So if we corroborate this verse with Acts chapter 10 and verse 38, the Bible says how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and with power and he went about doing good. So we see again in Luke chapter 4 verse 18, Jesus says, you know, that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me. All right, to preach the gospel to the poor. That was the first thing he said. So Acts 10 38 says, How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power, and he went about doing good. And then Luke chapter 4 and verse 18 says, You know, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me, you know, to preach the gospel. So Acts 10 38 shows us how God anointed Jesus Christ with the Holy Ghost and with power. Luke 4 18 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Do you see? So Acts 38 now says, after this anointing by the Spirit has come upon Jesus, he went about doing good. But Luke 4 and verse 18 says that, you know, by this anointing coming upon him, he preached the gospel. So we can corroborate these verses together. Do you see that now? So Jesus preached the gospel. He lived the gospel. And if we go to verse 21 of Luke chapter 4, we see how that Jesus said that from this day, you know, the scriptures fulfilled in your eyes. So that means Jesus went on and on all through his earthly ministry, preaching the gospel amongst all other things that he did. You know, I don't want to, I don't want us to continue the long reading, but we know all other things that he did, healing the sick, you know, casting out demons and all of, you know, the beautiful, amazing things that Jesus did, his sacrifice, his dead burial and his resurrection. Glory to God. So Jesus preached the gospel. Jesus taught the gospel and Jesus lived the gospel. Now, do you know why this point 
on the fact that God was the first person to preach the gospel and that God himself preached the gospel and even God in flesh in the incarnate son of God, Jesus Christ, also preached the gospel. Why is this point so important? One of the things I'm trying to show us, you know, by the spirit of God, as we've looked through these scriptures, all right, on this second point is that if the preaching of the gospel started with God himself, only God can put a stop to it. Let me say that again. If the preaching of the gospel started with God himself, then it means only God himself can put a stop to the preaching of the gospel. Because what God starts, only God can stop. I think I need to say that again. What God starts, only God can stop. Now, I know we're talking about the gospel in this teaching, but you see, that principle is also applicable in our lives generally as believers. That anything God starts, all right, only God can stop it. It's not given to man to stop what God started. Man cannot stop what God started. You know, if it started with God, you know, then only God has the capacity and the ability to put a stop to it. So if the preaching of the gospel started with God, only God can stop the preaching of the gospel. Which is why the Bible says in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 14, that this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached, you know, unto the ends of the earth. And then the end of times will come. So how do we know that the gospel will continually be preached till Jesus comes back again? All right. We know this because the preaching of the gospel was not primarily man's idea. It started with God himself. And what God starts, only God can sustain it. There is the principle of source and sustenance. So if the preaching of the gospel started with God, then only God can sustain it. Now, what does this already signal to us? It signals to us a sense of responsibility and also that it is a privilege to partake in that which God is doing. Because if God started the preaching of the gospel, then God is sustaining that process. So as believers, it is a privilege, all right? And it's a responsibility that we have to participate, all right, in the preaching of the gospel. Do you see that now? It's a privilege. I mean, if despite the contentions, oppositions, and persecutions that the early disciples, apostles, you know, and, and the saints of old as recorded in the scriptures, despite all the things they faced, all the oppositions they faced, you know, because of the gospel, if that never in that, you know, the spread of the gospel, if that never in, if that never ended, you know, the spread of the knowledge of the Lord, you know, in their day, that it means there is really a force, and this force is God Himself backing the preaching of the gospel. There is no persecution, there is no opposition, there is no contention that can put a stop to the preaching of the gospel, and this also applies even to our contemporary day. So like I said, the onus lies on us to see it as a privilege and a responsibility to participate in what God is doing. How do we participate? In that we preach the gospel. Glory be to God. And this already leads me to the final point I want to establish in this introductory part of the teaching, which is that to the unsaved man, speaking of unbelievers now, all right, the unrepentant man, those that are still in the world, all right, the gospel must be preached to them. The gospel must be preached. Now, what does the word preach mean? To preach means to proclaim, to announce, to arouse. Do you see that now? So the gospel must be proclaimed, you know, to unbelievers. 
But you see, for believers, for those who are in the faith, the gospel must be taught to believers. There is a difference. Now, I'm so sure somebody's already wondering, what's the difference between preaching and teaching? Now, the goal of teaching is to see that, you know, those who are taught are established, you know, in the word. But preaching, you know, is, like I said, a proclamation. Preaching preaching is more of a declaration. You know, you don't go into the in-depth, into the nitty-gritty in preaching. You do that in teaching. And as disciples of Christ, who we become the moment we get born again, we must understand that the seed of discipleship is the word of God and the core of discipleship is in teaching. So the disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Christian, must be taught the gospel. Why is this important? Because I'm so sure, having listened to all I've said so far, somebody is still trying to wonder, okay, why exactly is this teaching for me? I'm already saved. So why do I need the gospel? Why you need the gospel is because you need to be taught as a child of God, as a believer, you need to be taught the gospel so that you can be established, you know, or should I say, you can be further established in the gospel and your convictions can be, you know, strengthened even more. Glory be to God. Do you see that now? But for the unbeliever, all right, the gospel is preached, is proclaimed, and it must be preached and proclaimed and declared to unbelievers. Now, when I say, you know, the gospel is preached to unbelievers, I'm not trying to say that we cannot, you know, go in depth to further teach, you know, an unbeliever. However, you must understand that most of the times when we evangelize to unbelievers and we proclaim the gospel, there might not be so much time, all right, or even patience on the part of the person we are speaking to about the gospel, all right, to be able to, you know, sit down and listen to us extensively. Now, are there times where some people are are usually settled enough to want to hear what we want to say? Yes, there is. But you see, there is a difference between the believer and the unbeliever. The unbeliever does not have the Holy Spirit indwelling in them. So their spirit man cannot be quickened for the word of God to find a settling place in their hearts. But the believer in Christ Jesus has the Holy Spirit living in him or her, and the Holy Spirit can quicken the reborn spirit, the recreated spirit, such that the recreated spirit can serve as a resting place for the teaching of the word. This is not the same for the unbeliever. So it's just like to the unbeliever, we're trying to break, you know, that heart of stone into the heart of flesh. And we do that by proclaiming the gospel. Now, when the gospel, having been preached, all right, penetrates into the heart of the unbeliever, such a person gets saved by the conviction of the Holy Spirit and declares Jesus Christ as Lord, all right. Now, such a person who is now saved now has the Holy Spirit indwelling in them. And the word of God cannot find a resting place in your heart. So what we now do for believers is to teach the gospel. You know, I had to explain this extensively, but I hope you get it. I hope nobody's confused. I had to explain this extensively so that you can get it. And and I really hope, and I really hope you're not confused, right? So the unbeliever, so to the unbeliever, the gospel is preached. Why to believers, the gospel must be taught to believers so that our convictions you know, in God can be further strengthened and we can be established therein. Glory be to God. Now, let me just establish all that I said as we look at a few verses 
and round up this part of the teaching. If we go to Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 to 20, we will see that Jesus gives this command that we now refer to as the Great Commission. And he says to them that, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, all right, baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son and of the Holy Ghost. So Jesus says, Go ye therefore into the world, all right, and teach all nations. So nations there could refer to, you know, I mean, literal countries, uh, Nigeria, Spain, the United States, Japan, China, South Africa, Ghana, you know, it could mean that. But also, when he says all nations, Jesus is also speaking about all people. And this already even answers the question of who is the gospel meant for? All right, the gospel is meant for every man. The gospel is not just meant for a certain sect of people. No, the gospel is meant for every man. Because Jesus says, go into the world and teach all nations. So, all nations there could mean literal countries and then it also could also refer to all people every single human being all right it also refers to world systems that the gospel needs to penetrate into the world systems glory be to god so jesus says go into the world and teach all nations and anyone listening to me right now who has been a bit into discipleship and evangelism will understand that evangelism comes before discipleship so when Jesus says, go into the world and teach all nations, all right, he's not yet speaking about discipleship essentially. However, evangelism, you know, is needed in that journey onto discipleship. So Jesus is actually saying that go into the world and evangelize, all right, speak about me, proclaim my name, proclaim what I've done for the redemption of man, proclaim this message, proclaim the gospel, all right, declare the gospel, announce the gospel, herald the gospel to all nations. Now, in you doing this, he now says, and baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And what Jesus is trying to say here is that when the gospel is preached and a man believes the gospel, what the man receives is the Godhead, that is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Do you see that now? Because I know most times we say, you know, you receive Jesus Christ as Lord. And, and yes, that's theologically correct. All right. But the actual fact is that we receive the Godhead because it says baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit. This is not just talking about water baptism. No, that, that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about an immersion. All right. That the man who believes the gospel, all right, who believes in that which Christ has done, such a man comes into an immersion it's like you're soaked in water so what he's saying is that you know the man who believes the gospel comes into god so you come into god the father you come into god the son you come into god the spirit you can now enjoy the trinity as it were do you see that now so the believer in christ jesus has access you know to the father out of god the believer in christ jesus has access to the, to the humanity of God as seen in the sonship as revealed to us in Christ Jesus being the son of God. And then the believer in Christ Jesus also has access to God the Spirit. Do you see that now? So if we continue our reading in Matthew chapter 28 and then we go to verse 20, the Bible then says, and teaching them. So the them is talking about here is saying that those that have been brought into this immersion those that have been brought into God by believing the gospel and, you know, believing in that which Christ has done, all right, when they are brought into this immersion, 
they now need to be taught you know to observe all the things all right which lord jesus commanded us so you see how that there is a connection between the preaching and the teaching of the gospel there is that connection all right we can't separate one from each other both of them are important do you see that now both of them are important do you see that now so the gospel should be preached the gospel should be taught the believer needs to be taught the gospel uh, this is why this teaching is so important uh, and i want you to follow every single part of the teaching because we're still going to look into what exactly is the content of this message if the message is so powerful then what exactly should be the content of the gospel and we're going to look at this you know in the next part of this teaching do you see that now let's conclude this final point you know in this part of the teaching all right as we read mark chapter 8 and verse 35 so in mark chapter 8 and verse 35 we see jesus speaking here and he says for whosoever will save his life shall lose it and whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels the same shall save it i mean this is so powerful jesus is saying that it's not just about just losing your life for my sake alone i know you probably say oh i can i can give my life to christ you know i, I can give my life for christ you know I, I can surrender to christ and all of that but then jesus is also saying that he wants us not just to be sold out to him but he says i want you to also be sold out to the gospel do you see so the gospel must be preached the gospel must be taught and we have a part as believers to play in this remember if god preached the gospel if jesus preached the gospel we ought to do the same glory be to god so jesus says that whosoever will lose his life for my sake and the gospels it means the gospel is not just worth living for the gospel is also worth dying for the gospel is such a powerful message such a powerful message yeah because you see when the gospel is well articulated by the help of the holy spirit in the communication of the gospel it has the ability to transform the life of any man glory be to god so the gospel is such a powerful message remember if the message was is worth if this message called the gospel is worth living for jesus lived the gospel then it's also worth dying for and jesus died because of this message so we cannot trivialize the power of the gospel remember our anchor scripture again romans chapter 1 verse 16 paul the apostle says for i am not ashamed of the gospel of christ for it is the power of god unto salvation so listen to me son of god i don't want you to be ashamed of the gospel of christ rather you know you should make your boast in the gospel rather you should be sold out to jesus and sold out to the gospel i need to establish this as a foundation before we begin to build for that in this teaching because we all need to be sold out to the preaching of the gospel the preaching of the gospel is not just left to those that are called into the evangelistic office alone it is not just left to the evangelist evangelism department of your church of your local assembly or ministry no it's not just left to those who are called to the mission field the preaching of the gospel is a responsibility that every believer must partake of remember we have been called to the ministry of reconciliation so every believer has a ministry yeah which is the ministry of reconciliation at least that's your primary ministry as a believer do you see this now so every single one of us has a part to play in this so i want to encourage you all right even before you go into the other parts of this teaching 
make a decision that all the information make a decision that the information much more even the revelations that will come in the other parts of the teaching would not just for you to just take them you know it's not it would not just be for you to take note of them in your jotter or in your notepad or wherever it is you're taking notes or just for you know mental knowledge and knowledge acquiring but that these revelations will prompt you to make a decision to at least preach the gospel to somebody because at the end of this teaching of the gospel all right one of the best things you can do is to find somebody to preach the gospel to and in fact that's a challenge i'm putting out to every single person listening to me right now and even as you continue in the other parts of this teaching of the gospel that you're going to make a decision to actually preach the gospel because in this teaching you're going to get to understand what is the content of the gospel how should the gospel be presented how should the gospel not be presented and a few other things that i'm going to be sharing by the help of the holy spirit and i believe that having received all of this knowledge is going to prompt you to actually want to preach the gospel so as you look forward to the other parts of this teaching all right make a decision that not only will i be sold out to jesus but i'll also be sold out to his message i will be sold out to the gospel god bless you just in case you're yet to follow us on social media, you can do so at Exodus Global underscore on Instagram, at the Exodus Global on Facebook, and Exodus underscore Global on Telegram. For questions, counseling, and further inquiries, kindly send us a mail via the Exodus Global at gmail.com. We love and celebrate you. God bless you.